All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. What's up? <laughs> and we're back! Hey! <laughs> you really hyped me up, man. Good, good. We should be excited. Why should we not be excited on this night? We have achieved something great. A full year of a global pandemic. We did it! Yay! Yeah, we're one year in. It was this time last year that we heard old Hanksy boy and... Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell were all diagnosed with COVID-19, a new, interesting, unique virus in the world. Do you think COVID-19 was in our uh, vernacular this time last year, or were we just still all calling it coronavirus? (laughs) I thought you were saying, do you think COVID-19 was in our blood all along? (laughs) (laughs) And it turns out the real COVID-19 were the friends we made along the way. (laughs) (laughs) I got COVID-19 of them. Um... Yes, no, everyone was calling it coronavirus, mm-hmm. the whole thing. Every now and then you still will hear somebody uh, like casually refer to it as corona. Yeah. And it really throws me off because we all started calling it COVID like 11 months yes. ago. Yeah, exactly. Um, or the Coco Loco, as one, one barman <laughs> put it one day when he was allowing us entry. He asked us the question, have any of you uh, been sneezing or coughing in the last couple of days? No. Any headaches? No. Anything that could even remotely be uh, be uh, referred to as what we now call the Coco Loco. Coco Loco. I was like, this is a great line. We feel pumped about coming into this bar. See, we had laughs over the year. Oh, I can't even. I could count them. <laughs> <laughs> I've got 10 whole fingers. Watch me try. How you doing? How's your week? It's good. Yeah. I'm off tomorrow. You're off next week. Yeah, You're not I'm, off tomorrow, are you? Not tomorrow, but I've I've got next week off. I'm just draining the lifeblood from my vacation here in this fiscal year. Perfect. Because you leave nothing on the table, man. Take it all. Use it or lose it. That's right. Yes. And I need it. I, I, I find, I've noticed a trend over recent years where whenever I have vacation coming up, my body seems to recognize that and, and it starts to go, okay, now we're going to make it harder for you to get through the day. Yeah. And then things will come at me just coincidentally and I'll really feel like I have to put on a final push to earn that vacation. Right. And this week is a little different because it's actually quite quiet for me at work. Nothing yeah. is really popping up and yet I still find it hard to get through the day. Today, every half an hour, I had a mood change. So ah. for a half an hour, I'd be like kind of rolling, feeling good. Half an hour goes by. I kind of can barely pick my head up off the table. Right. And then I'd switch back and forth and back and forth. Hmm. Would you care to diagnose me? I think it's your classic bipolar disorder. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we know. I'm glad we cleared that up. And if anyone has any questions, go ahead and give me a call. <laughs> and so began the year of bipolar disorder. <laughs> the year was 2021. It's like the wonder years. I was feeling a whole bunch of different things. Did you watch the Royal interview? I actually did. Okay, you got one up on me. I only bring it up because that and Piers Morgan, which the two are connected, are the only pop cultural things that were in the stratosphere this week. And so I actively chose not to watch it. Right. And then there was just no avoiding it for the next five days. Which was a worse moment. Piers Morgan uh, having Howard Stern skewer him on TV or him having to walk off live TV? I think they were both pretty embarrassing for Piers Morgan. Because you brought up one of them like two weeks ago. That's true, I did. Yeah. Well, Howard didn't have to skewer him on TV. He just had to sit there and and let Piers unravel his own right. uh, reputation. Right. Um, not that he ever had a great reputation. He's always been this guy, mm-hmm. right? He's just kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the walking off live TV felt so staged to me. And mm-hmm. I don't I don't mean it was staged on on the part of the other guy. It wasn't, but I just know that the the controversial shitstorm had already picked up for Piers uh, on Tuesday because he mm. had been mouthy on Monday. Yeah, and he got out of bed that morning thinking, "I'm I'm gonna pick my moment. I'm and pulling I'm, a stunt. I'm gonna exactly. I'm gonna walk off, and it's gonna be a thing, and it's gonna make headlines because that's all he wants is right. he's a media whore. Um, and I think maybe he was not really getting his moment, and so he just had to take one. Right, where this guy was like very classily just deflecting something. Yeah. Um. But now he's got a job lined up at like the new British Fox News or something. Oh, well, something that's Mur- Murdoch. That's unsurprising. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no. After watching the interview, it did definitely seem like uh there would that the tabloids in general were were rife for some uh, some retort. 
I just can't believe after four years of Trump and being nauseous about the way the media is just ravenous over the toxic stuff to mm-hmm. the point where it's willing to like unravel society if it sells newspapers and, and, and gets eyeballs on TVs. Um, that somehow British media is way worse. And yeah. when they killed a princess, they learned nothing from it. Right. And evidently neither did the royal family. Right. There like, was... like William, for example, who they walked don't... behind his mother's casket and doesn't seem to care that the same thing could happen to his sister-in-law. Right. They talked about like an unspoken... Well, the big thing was was the big reveal that had Oprah's jaw drop. And she was like, what? What? Was when right. Megan drops that they were wondering what... Like they being the royal family was wondering what the color of the the baby. They were was concerned going to be. the baby would be too dark. Yeah, but but they're vague about that, right? Because they're very careful not to throw any individuals under the bus, and they kind of uh, they use the firm as a scapegoat, right? right. Not I, even not even the queen herself, the, not even uh, Philip, who has like Nazi paraphernalia in his past. Well, they're pretty actually um, uh, complimentary to the queen. Yep. Like sh- they love the queen reverent. Yeah. They kept saying like, I love my grandmother. Like I, and, and Megan's like, I got along so well with the queen. Maybe not like, with Kate actually. Though. Oh yeah. No, that, that was delved into a little bit. And they were like, you know, we actually like really respect each other. But like when Oprah dropped the whole, we heard she made you, we heard you made her cry thing. Megan kind of took the bait and went like, no, well, actually the opposite happened, but she did take the bait. She did. And then said, but you know, like she came back and apologized and like, that was all clear. Like we, we worked stuff out there and, Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't have any right to, to discuss that any further because she did exactly what you should do and exactly what I would have done if I was the bad guy, which I wasn't. Right. The thing is, I don't think that there's any great surprise. It's not a really big revelation that there's institutional uh, racism in the monarchy. I think just like to have a specific example of it right. is is pretty striking. And it's not even that specific because we don't know who they're talking about. No, but they kind of point towards the father a little bit. The, uh, who? Charles, Philip. Oh, Philip. Philip. The, like the, the Prince Philip, the queen's husband. No, Charles. There, Charles. Sorry. We watched a, a W made for TV movie like two weeks ago mm. maybe last week with Meghan markle in it oh wow and it's so weird to watch because it's such a horrible movie yeah and it basically ends with her um uh her friend she she goes back to this small town that she grew up in for the july 4th weekend to help organize her friend's wedding sounds about right yeah. her friend for some reason is marrying her ex-boyfriend they kind of reignite their flame they do a full partner swap and Meghan markle gets proposed to by that like by the ex-boyfriend from 15 years ago at the end of the movie okay full partner swap doesn't sound good wasn't good no was not good i'd say that the choice that she made to marry prince harry instead of pierce morgan instead of pierce who maybe thought that he had a shot with Meghan markle back in the day or something did he say something Oh, yeah. A clip has been going around of when it's a story that he told on a talk show a long time ago, but like having drinks with Meghan Markle, which might have just been like an industry uh, meeting. This is years ago, but like I'm pretty sure Piers thought he was on a date with Meghan Markle, like like the beautiful actress, not the princess. Um, And she never called him again or something or she like bailed or she like she was maybe a little too conversationally uh, confrontational for Piers's liking. And so this is why. A lot of people think that he has been holding on to this like weirdly personal vendetta against Meghan Markle for the last three or four years. Right. Is because she didn't want to like, yeah, she want to have sex with Piers Morgan, which is no great surprise because yeah. who would? Right. I think I'll go with royalty instead and then yeah, I think make I'll, him leave. I think I'll pick the handsome prince. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I feel bad for her, it, it, but it all feels quite tawdry on everybody's uh, I don't need to hear any more about it. Right. That's fair. And here we talked about it for 10 minutes. Well, we are the tawdriest. That's true. Yeah. We're not above that. No. Nah. No, no way. Give us that tea. Right. So yeah, that, <laughs> <laughs> and in conclusion, that was the Royal interview with that Oprah. Was, that was the Royal interview. Uh, I watched Moxie, the new Amy Poehler movie. What'd you think? I don't, don't watch it. You'll, no. you won't really, I, it's for younger people than us, frankly, okay. but I, I was kind of psyched about it and I put it on and it was kind of cute. 
watched not to be condescending but it was it was fine um but it was not really how is for, amy poehler us she's good but she's not in it that much it's, it's about her daughter and it's right. about like this like the idea is that it's she's like a shy girl in school and she doesn't really uh she doesn't like her um environment because she can see like institutional misogyny in her school and she right. doesn't believe that it's fair and she doesn't really feel like she has the opportunity to speak up which is great um i don't mean it's great but i mean it's like that's accurate right and uh so she starts a zine with so it's like an anonymous zine that has a voice and it kind of creates something of an an uprising is in a, it, in is a, a good zine way. a magazine what what is a zine yeah it was a like a hot magazine yeah it's like a pamphlet with an agenda okay gotcha. um and uh the only thing is like the like pump up the volume it's it, like it's not it, it doesn't stay central to the story she just happens to have a zine meanwhile right. there's an uprising at school right i just thought it was kind of half-baked but it was okay did you watch pump up the volume was that a recent thing or an old thing oh it was a christian slater movie from the 80s oh uh, okay it's good yeah yeah good watch um i watched three movies okay I'm on a big movie kick yep Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Oh, I gotta see. It's it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's not like uh, it's not like as funny as Bridesmaids, in my opinion. But it's, it's like different comedic tone, though. It's way sillier, way sillier, way more like kind of improv-y, weirder, like, more like Zach Galifianakis style. I was gonna say like Anchorman. Like the characters are yeah. clearly cartoony. Well, yeah, but I still would would wade into like the strangeness of like Zach Galifianakis a little more. Okay. Where it's like, there's not necessarily a joke here. The joke might just be... I heard Jamie Dornan is surprisingly funny. She's really funny. Jamie Dornan, the the handsome guy from Sorry. Fifty Shades of Grey. Who's the guy? I mean, who's... God, how did I muck this up so bad? Who is the other character opposite Kristen Wiig? Annie Mumolo is the co-writer of Bridesmaids as well. So okay. she and Kristen wrote Bridesmaids and uh, got nominated for an Oscar for that. Uh, screenplay she also has a small part in bridesmaids as the yeah. person on the airplane who is having a lot of anxiety right she is very funny in it yeah. and he is also yes very very funny in it that's good it, i was thinking about him recently a I great think he, call for him he was on yes and that's kind of what i was thinking he, he was on some talk show and he was very charming and um i remember when 50 shades of gray came out and it was like a big deal it was a splashy deal box office wise but i remember thinking like this is kind of who you're branding yourself as. Like right. you're going to make some money off of this. You're going to be famous for a little while, but you're not really going to be able to transcend this shitty movie. Right. And Dakota Johnson did. And she's yeah, that's so super weird. good and likable. And she's made a lot of good movies. And now maybe he's going to climb his way out too. And that'd be nice. Yeah, I think so. I think it was a, a positive move for him. Yeah. So we watched that. We watched, uh, uh, I care a lot. Oh yeah. Which is on Amazon. Right. Uh, so, with, uh, the gal a gone girl rosamund pike yeah. yeah it was really good really i really liked it people are not saying that critically is that right yeah huh like it got nominated for golden globes i could see because they, of rosamund pike but it, i could see how they wouldn't but i i really liked it it's it's kind of like a dark humor um if i knew that it had bad reviews i might not have she like abuses old people right yeah yeah not not physically right but like yeah she works in a care facility and she emotionally abuses old people no so she actually um like goes to old folks old people's homes and works with doctors to basically say you're not fit to live here okay your doctor told me i'm gonna take possession of the house i'm gonna i'm your legal guardian now and <laughs> then sells sells the house okay and like has all this profit and also does she fill the many plot holes you just created in summarizing the movie because that sounds absurd yeah yeah it does okay um i mean i'm just giving you a quick break no i understand there. but i just I, I i don't know how i would even begin to to craft that as a story i know i know it's yeah in this world everyone's really evil okay um anyway it it keeps you guessing Good. right up until the very end well if she gets nominated for an oscar i'll watch it yeah. and it could happen because there weren't a lot of movies this year and, and she's she won a, the she's golden a good globe actor no no she got nominated for a golden globe no she won a golden globe okay did she yeah all right i yeah. don't remember that i watched her speech remember she was wearing the red she was like oh, yes i do remember the red yeah right okay yeah i heard the movie wasn't good but i'll take your word That's for it interesting yeah um and the other movie we watched was sound of metal which was really good yes you said that i would like that I think you would. It's I, just such a like powerful, dramatic story. Sad. Um, Without giving anything away, I I went into it worried that I would be like 
depressed at the end of it. Yeah. And I did not feel that way. Okay, good. So I watched a movie I recommend called Yes, God, Yes. It's on Netflix. I've been waiting for this movie, actually, because I heard okay. about it a long time ago and then I, I, I didn't have a way to see it and it turned up on Netflix. And it's got Natalia Dyer, who's Nancy from Stranger Things. Right. It's like an hour and 13 minutes. It's the shortest feature length movie I've seen in the modern day. Okay. And it's about this demure high school girl. And I think she goes to like a Catholic high school who right. goes away on a weekend Jesus retreat. Right. And it's also about her burgeoning sexuality and right. her guilt because of it. Right. Um, and I related to this movie in like in like a hardcore way because I used to go to those weird Catholic retreats. Right. Because I had friends in youth groups and I was like sort of a part of that culture for like a time in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got it right. Really? They really got it right. Yeah. And so I recommend Yes, God, Yes. It's it's funny. It's very quiet. Are you saying that some people are going to these retreats specifically to like like be with girls and guys of the same age? I think that does happen. And I think, I think by the way, that's the stereotype about Bible camp, right. quote unquote. Um, and that happens a little bit in the movie. That wasn't my purview when i would go to these things in fact i saw the opposite which is also present in this movie which Mm -hmm. is like a lot of fronting a lot of posturing right and just this fakeness that alienates everyone else because they're like i I wanted to come here to like be in a community and i I just feel really weird and creepy right um and they really get the weird and creepy right but it's a funny movie it's not like a heavy movie at all yeah um but i liked it and she's she's good in it nice yeah I, I should watch that. It just came to Canada. Yes. I think yeah, I think it was out elsewhere. At- I think it was one of those tiny little festival movies. And gotcha. I didn't know where I was going to see it for a little while, but it's on Netflix Canada. I also rewatched Late Night, the Mindy Kaling movie. What'd you think? Well, I saw it a year ago or whatever, mm-hmm. and I didn't think it was that good. Right. And I was bored, and I threw it on. And I'm like maybe I'll like it on the second time because that happens with me sometimes. Okay. And I hated it so much. Oh, in the no. se- It's such a hot I, trash I movie. I thought you were going to say it was better. The weird thing is, like, I like Mindy Kaling. Mm-hmm. She's great. Um, and I like Emma Thompson a lot. But I think the script is beyond bad. Beyond bad. Right. Um, I don't believe it for a second. I do not believe Emma Thompson as a comedy legend. Right. The way she's supposed to be like Lady David Letterman. Yeah. Um, I don't think that... Any of the mechanics of the faux industry are realistic, even to somebody who doesn't work in that industry. Right. I think the world they created is, uh, I think it's it's projecting a certain um, uh, cynicism, which I guess I understand is the crux of the movie, but I don't think it was as naturally developed as it could have been. Mm-hmm. I thought the dialogue was stupid. I, I didn't like this movie at all. And the other thing is like, it wants so badly to be the devil wears Prada and it never will be. Interesting. Jen was watching that the other day and I think I watched like 60% of it. You've seen the devil wears Prada. No. Oh, wow. But I, I, I have seen it by watching it. What I watched. Because I saw the ending of it, and I saw most of the... The, the Devil Wears Prada is, is one of the best... Oh, I kept looking up for my laptop. Like, I was trying to do something else, but I kept going back into it. Like, when we're talking about, like, the really, like, sanitized studio comedies mm-hmm. um, with a heart, it is one of the best ones of an era, for yeah. sure. And, and it's... Anna's good, mm-hmm. but Meryl is, like, unbelievable, like, tr- like this is truly one of the great Meryl Streep performances, and I know that's a weird thing to say for someone who's, like, the most famous actress alive. She's only upstaged by the Stanley Tucci. Tucci's awesome in it. Tucci's good. And Blunt is really awesome in it. Apparently, that is what caused John Krasinski to, like, go out and marry yeah. Emily Blunt. Yeah, he loved her. Did you know that Tucci married Blunt's sister because of yep. that movie? That's true. You knew that already. Yep. Ah, oh, look at you go. I'm ahead of you. No wonder you're so hard with trivia. He, he had been married uh, otherwise. Yes. Uh, he had an affair with Edie Falco. Oh, I didn't know that. And then his wife got cancer, and so he got back with his wife, and she died. Oh, that's rough. And, I knew he was widowed. Yes. That was the way I heard it. Right. But that's kind of a rough. Was she watching it on uh, Disney Plus Star, which we all have now? She was, There's yeah. some okay content on there. There is. I, I think they're just giving us a preview, though. I don't think we committed to anything because Solar Opposites is on there and I only have three episodes and there's like 
12 wow. episodes or 24 or something. Maybe. It's my understanding that you, they just didn't give anybody a choice and we're all paying for the extra $2 a month now. Wow. Yeah. Thanks, Disney. Yeah. We thought you were so trustworthy before this. <laughs> Never did anything <laughs> shady. Yeah. Never once. Never controlled the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am eight-tenths of the way through Ted Lasso. Oh, excellent. Man, that is a good show. You're loving it. You I were, knew you would. You knew I would. I knew I would. Yeah. It's it's phenomenal. I, yeah. I and again that doesn't su- surprise anybody to hear, but like um I it's got to be the feel good show of the year. I think so. Spectacular and some subversions. Like without giving anything away, there are people who are positioned to be villains who are not at all villains. Right. And he is a wonderful actor in it. Yeah, he's great. Sudeikis is wonderful in it. I feel so deeply for him. There's no bad actor in it. No, no, nobody's bad. They're in all it. really good. No, you're right. Well, even the people who are kind of antagonists, like it's like totally. like like Jamie Tart. I I can't be that mad at Jamie Tart. Right. And, um, and Giles from Buffy. Who is that? He's um, uh, Rebecca's ex-husband. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Rupert. Yes, Rupert. Um, and just to know the parallels of Jason Sudeikis' personal life, not not to say that right. I, I don't presume to know him personally, but like it is interesting that he's making this show about a guy who like goes to work in the UK to like, well, kind and, of bide the time while his his marriage crumbles. And he's rumored to be with or like is officially with um, Bex, the one who is with the ex husband in the show, who. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's his like real life girlfriend? Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Apparently. Juno Temple's amazing in it too. She's really good. She's in it. so funny and harsh in it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I haven't seen her. It's so weird that she did that um Justin Timberlake movie because she basically plays a meth head in it. Oh, she's in that. We talked about yeah, that. It's like a kind of like downtrodden role for her but man. this one is so fun and it's like man put her in everything like I this. I have no interest in in what's it called palmer, palmer? We, we were really hurting for something to watch yeah like like having a very hard time figuring out what to watch well it's amazing I... how my availability opened when the creek ran out yeah right yeah. now you're you're almost done lasso although you can you i can... saw you just sneak a glance at my dawson drawing i did i i laughed i don't know if you could hear me when you walked out of the room i looked over and there's a, a dawson drawing on the wall or on the whiteboard that's leaning up against the wall that says uh it's a picture of of dawson like a caricature maybe a uh, caricature is too rough of a term it's like a, a portrait and uh next to it sweets wrote spielberg was robbed i'm getting better at eyes i'm trying to get better yeah. at drawing people's faces and i yeah. think i think i'm improving on eyes and i'm improving on jaws it's almost like a brooding look but he's got that it that, doesn't it doesn't look like him but it's signature it's, dawson smirk it doesn't look like him but it still looks like a human head. It's better than a circle with two dots. <laughs> You're getting good at human heads. Yes. It's def- It's clearly a human head. I got to say, I, I can figure out who it was. Oh, good. I appreciate Well, also the quote helps. The quote helps, but I think I would have known otherwise. How about the WandaVision finale? Yeah. It feels like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? It does. Did you notice that? Did you hang around for the two post-credit sequences? Okay. Of course, it's a Marvel production. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and I found them completely unfulfilling yeah the two they didn't post really credits. add anything yeah they added nothing at all um overall it, it kind of ended the way that you thought it was gonna end sort of a lot of people disappointed because there didn't turn out to be like some big luke skywalker-esque walk-on right um which i think was probably having too high hopes i don't think it's the right vehicle to really i guess you can't if you're talking about different timelines which they did with pietro yeah, but stuff. they but they're kind of dicks about the Pietro thing. Yeah. Like I thought that that was going to be more important. Uh I thought the consequences were going to be bigger for the Pietro thing when it just turned out to be his name is Boner. He's like he's he, not Pietro at all. He just happened to be another guy. Yeah. Yeah. So overall They just used the same actor. <laughs> yeah, if I I felt underwhelmed by it. I'm not alone in that. Yeah. And it was fine, but I also kind of feel like WandaVision is over now and maybe there'll be a new show called the scarlet witch or something i think one division is over now. yeah unless they use but where'd uh where'd white vision go well that's that's kind of what neutered the show for me yeah is that at the end of infinity war vision dies she yeah. has to kill him and this whole show is about her grief and i said this four years ago when i saw infinity war like he's a robot isn't am i expected to believe that tony stark doesn't have a cloud we right. can definitely build a new vision right yeah we just need three billion dollars worth of um 
What's the metal? Stark metal. Yeah, Stark metal. <laughs> no, the one from Wakanda. Um, oh, vibranium. Vibranium. And uh, sure enough, they do, and they built a white vision. And so I just kind of felt like, okay, this whole season, which is about her grief, kind of turned out to be for nothing because mm-hmm. she's the Scarlet Witch now. Right. But like she can go find her husband again. Yeah. Unless I'm misinterpreting something. No, I, I think you interpreted that completely correctly. I think they made this show going, what's something? We're not getting blood from a stone because it's the Avengers. But we're getting blood from like, you know, like uh, a rock that can bleed just a little bit. <laughs> did I say that eloquently enough? I think you lost the metaphor in there somewhere. I think I did. But too. I think you understand what you're trying to say. And I do. And most. that's the important thing. Yeah, as long right. as I say it with confidence. Has it occurred to you that, and I forget the name of the show. I should have Googled this. But like a couple years ago on the podcast, we talked about a pilot starring Elizabeth Olsen wherein she plays a young woman whose husband has just died and the whole show is about her grief. Do you remember that show? No. What was it? Well, I, like I said, I can't remember the name of it. Oh, okay. But like, it was like, it was I, I surreal. Thought saying, I thought you were saying that we pitched a show. Mm-mm. And I was like, what? You had a- how did you remember that? And how was it so spot on? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't remember we took a meeting? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I forget what it was called. Like, I'm... It, it's like a sentence. It's one of those long title shows. It was on Facebook. Right. It was for a brief sec when Facebook was going to have TV shows. And it starred Lizzie Olsen. And she like goes to like group therapy. Yeah. Man. And then she sleeps with her, um, totally. with her dead husband's brother or best friend or something. Yeah. And the show is clearly about her journey back from the grief of losing her husband right. at a young age. And that's what this show is. It's not like, how could you ever forgive me? It's but like, it's a sentence it's like that. Like that. It's yeah. like I'll never feel the same. Yeah. Something like that. Right. Yeah, I remember that now. I forgot that that was Elizabeth Olsen. Hey Google, what was the name of the show starring Elizabeth Olsen on Facebook? Sorry for your loss. Sorry for your loss. I thought it was so funny that he he said, "Sorry for your loss." I was like, "Whoa, that's the wrong thing to say when someone's asking you what the name of a show was." I thought he was sorry like going to say, "I'm sorry, I can't help you with that." Yeah, but it was called "I'm sorry for your loss." Yeah, um, I don't know if anybody else has made that point, but that's how I feel about it. I kind of feel like, "All right, whatever." But we should tweet, "Hey, Elizabeth Olsen, sorry for your loss." Has this occurred to you? Yeah, I'm sure it's occurred to her. You were right about Falcon Winter Soldier. We don't have to wait as long as I I thought. That comes yeah, out like, in like two or three weeks. I think it's like next week, like next Friday. Funny that they lined them up like that. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Exciting. Yep. The trailers look good. Definitely, you can see where they spent the money in, in, in this show. It looks like it's going to be action-packed. Totally. And you can see where they spent the money in WandaVision toward the end. Yep. They really, yeah, brought out all the stops. What I didn't Randall understand Park. is why... Uh, Agatha, is that her name? Mm-hmm. Why? Wh- wh- what's your problem, lady? Like, what did she ever do to you? Like, she's just kind of a villain without a cause. Yeah. And the thing that I really don't like in, and this is why I don't gravitate much towards most of the DC properties, because I find they use a little too much mysticism. Yeah. Like, I'm fine with people, something happened and people are mutants. There's okay. like a genetic issue or they're aliens even. But when it's like, they're just magic. Right. I you don't, don't like that about DC or Marvel? I don't like that about DC. I don't find it happens that much with Marvel. This being one of the the weird cases where it's a lot more prevalent. Yeah, well, that is the thing that I don't relate to with Doctor Strange. I right. don't I don't care about Doctor Strange at all for that particular reason. Yeah, you're right. There's a little little bit too much mysticism there. But what happens yeah. to him to turn him into Doctor Strange? I know there's a car accident. And then I think he just has powers. He maybe like goes into purgatory and Tilda Swinton is like, now you're magic. Yeah. She gives him some sort of like a Taoist power. Right. I think. Yeah. But that's the only thing that differs it from Iron Man. I remember thinking Dr. Strange is just Iron Man. Right. It's the same thing. Right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but I, I don't know. Maybe I just like the way those movies are done more as everyone does. But, but yeah, I, once the, the witch fighting started happening, I was like, this isn't really that epic for me. No, it was kind of just your typical daylight Marvel standoff. Right. Harry Potter in the news a little bit today. And again, for like something that feels kind of ugly. Mm-hmm. So Katie Loon, who played Cho Chang in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, um, she was on a podcast. I think she actually has her own podcast. And she was talking about how when she made that movie, she was not very well protected and not very well uh, trained for the media as a person who was like thrown into the Potter um, arena. 
Okay. Obviously, like a, a pretty intense initiation as a, a public figure. Okay. Um, and she was also subject to a lot of racism among the fan base, which might not be terribly surprising. But she noted that she was, in fact, asked by the organization to deny racism among the fan base. Like they were scared that she was going to create this narrative that Potter fans are racist, which apparently some of them are. Right. But she was she was asked to to squish that. Right. And uh, wow, that's fucked up. Wow, yeah, not even create the narrative, just respond to it. Right. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so how does she feel about the whole series? Is she like, I, I regret doing it? No, I don't like... think so. And did you, did you, by the way, did you listen to Rupert Grint on I did. Armchair? Yeah, So he's cool. He's very cool. Uh, kind of a chill guy. Like, and, and that's, I was so surprised when I saw him pop up because you don't hear him do that kind of thing. Yeah. He doesn't have to do it. No. Um, but he seems like a cool guy. And he was pretty reverential towards the experience. Yeah. But he did say candidly, like, man, it was like pretty intense at times. And right. Like, when people would just come up to you because I was someone they grew up with. Right. And the word he used was suffocating. And he wasn't yeah. he wasn't speaking poorly about the experience making those movies. Right. But he was basically saying it's intense. Yeah. Um, and all of the friggin' headlines in the ensuing 48 hours, Rupert Grint says making Harry Potter movies was suffocating. And then oh, really? all the comments from people who don't read articles are like, Rupert Grint should be more gracious. We made him a millionaire. Right. Why is and, he such a snowflake? Right. That kind of thing. Yeah. And now and now, Katie Loon is kind of having a similar experience. But I don't know that she was being quite as reverential towards the experience because hers was smaller. Right. She's not as rich. And she experienced a lot of racism. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, her so character's different. name is Cho Chang, and I don't know if enough attention is paid to how fucking racist that I w- is. I was going to ask that. When you said the big yeah. issue was, um, I was going to say, is she not of Asian descent? Because that would be the big uh, the big tip for me. Yeah, you can you could spend a lot of time analyzing character names created by J.K. Rowling. She didn't do like a lot of sensitivity training, and she just didn't do a lot of uh, creative thinking. Like right. she named the one Irish kid Seamus. Right. Like it's... Um, there are other examples of this. Right. Is she uh is she still tweeting or has she been like I don't know. pulled off? I think I unfollowed her. Yeah. It wouldn't matter. I would still hear about it if she was tweeting, but I, I think maybe she's she's not tweeting. I decided recently that that Harry Potter TV show mm-hmm. this might not age well. We can check the tape a few years down the road, but Here we go. That Harry Potter TV show isn't going to happen. I'm pretty sure it's not going to happen. That's a good take. That's a good take. I wouldn't say it's a cold take like they signed some paperwork to retain control of it should there be an opportunity right but i can for sure see in three years you know something else gets said and warner brothers is like because of a difference of creative and philosophy and blah 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 Mm -hmm. blah we do not feel like this is the time to make this series you know what has to happen is someone who is um work who worked on harry potter with uh with jk rowling who is like um, LGBTQ plus mm-hmm. uh, is going to they're going to be like we want to give you the reins and there's going to be a public statement being like JK Rowling has blessed this and yeah. this is now going to be this person almost like the Filoni thing uh, with, yeah oh that would be interesting you know the only I mean the big difference is that Filoni was like the Jedi Padawan to the creator right Whereas I guess in this case I'm kind of J.K. Rowling would be the George Lucas. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not. You're right. It's it's apples and. And oranges. she's not going to sell it. She's no. not going to sell authorship to Harry Potter. No. You know what? I remember when she announced that Dumbledore was gay, and that was considered like a big victory. Right. And now in hindsight, and this is really not for me to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. Here now we go. in hindsight, I think that's horseshit. Because <laughs> there's. No evidence of it or anything. She's just no. like... Yeah, and she gay. just gets to say, well, to me, he was always gay. But, like, you didn't actually, like, represent that in the books. Right. And it's, like, it's fine. It, it doesn't have to identify the characters. Right. But, like, but you, you You're could, not helping anyone. It's just a really easy way to get out of the how come you never wrote any gay characters question. Right. Oh, well, this guy who wears purple clothes all the time is gay, oh, obviously. That's a good take. Yeah. That's a good take. I, uh... They, yeah, no, I don't need to say any more about that. That's a good take. You killed it. I'm, glad, I'm so glad you approved. Bat it out of the park. <laughs> How do you feel about Pepe Le Pew? Speedy Gonzalez. Miss Piggy. All canceled. 
No, they're not canceled. Canceled doesn't mean consequences. Oh. <laughs> Although, Pepe Le Pew has been expunged from Space Jam 2. They've, they've all been spoken to. Right. <laughs> they've all got their notes apps ready. Um, Pepe Le Pew for what? Like non-consensual uh, targeting? He, yeah, he, he, he normalized rape culture in car- Saturday morning cartoons for 30 years. Speedy Gonzalez for obvious reasons. And Miss Piggy too, frankly. What was Speedy Gonzalez? He was like a Mexican mouse. Oh, right. Okay. And he wore a sombrero. Right. Um, Miss Piggy's not so bad, I don't think. No, what was Miss Piggy's? Oh, because she's targeting Kermit. Yes. Okay. I see. Um, Yeah, Colin. I, <laughs> yeah, sweets. I uh, I don't know. There's not much to say here, is there? That I have uh, much to say on this topic. We got bigger fish to moment. fry. Bigger fish to fry. <laughs> I'm only here, so I won't get fined. They are going to make a Queen's Gambit musical. Um, that's the. Next, I think it's got legs. It does actually, yeah. because like clearly, there's something more to be done with Queen's Gambit. It's yeah. not make a second season. Mm-hmm. It's not make a movie. I hope they. I hope they have really cheesy songs like "Checkmate, my friend." <laughs> Checkmate, my friend. I learned. You just lost the match. I learned one opening play in chess. Yeah. I'm gonna take it with me to the grave. I know enough about chess now that I don't need to learn anymore. You think so? Well, I'm, I don't know enough to like be good at it against other people. I just mean like I've I've learned enough about it to satisfy myself. That's perfect. Yeah, I will play you when I learn how to play chess. Okay, I can teach you how to play chess. Oh, perfect! I could be. You can show me the I, play. I could be better at it than somebody. <laughs> you could be my janitor in the basement. I always wanted you to say that. <laughs> I always wanted to be someone's Mister Mister Mister. Uh, the old guy. He was a nice man. He was. Annie Murphy. Do I get to take a bunch of downers before I... (laughs) That's really up to you. Take by the fistful, if you would. Well, we'll play downer roulette. Annie Murphy's going to be in Russian Doll Season 2. Suddenly, I'm interested. Okay. Um, Have you seen the trailer for Kevin Can Fuck Himself? Yeah, we talked about it. We did, okay. Yeah, suddenly, she's in all kinds of, like, dark comedies. Yeah. And weird ads. Yeah, she's in the Nintendo Switch Nintendo Switch. Switch. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Good for her. Yeah. Did you know, maybe we talked about this uh, on our New Year's Eve show. There's going to be a uh, Robert Langdon series at Peacock. Yeah, you did talk about that. Okay. I thought it was new to me. No match for Punky Brewster. Okay. Well, you brought it up. So should we go there? Yeah, let's do it. All right. You get to pick which one you'd like to begin with. I'll put you on the clock. Do you want to talk about Punky Brewster or It's a Sin? Uh, Just to start off on on a high note, I'm going to start with Punky Power, baby. Sure. You're going to talk about Punky Power. All right, recap the pilot episode. To be clear, this is the reboot the, on, on yes. Peacock, in fact. On Peacock. Uh, the reboot of Punky Brewster, which came out in February. You mm-hmm. can recap that pilot in three, two, one, go. Okay, so Punky Brewster is all grown up, and she's got a house full of orphans. Uh, she was also married to Freddie Prince Jr., but they just divorced. She goes, uh, she, she's now a photographer for a living. She goes to the foster agency and meets a young enterprising girl named izzy who she actually ends up fostering and fights uh parents that come to take her away uh to actually retain ownership of izzy and that's the end of the first episode that's right so this girl izzy is like staying at the house and then the parents who've done all of the necessary paperwork and all of all of the important steps in adopting a child lovingly which is a generous thing to do right show up to pick up the kid that they have pursued right with open arms and hearts and and the family who was super reluctant about izzy in the first place is like no yeah we love her and all because they've decided that izzy should like be enrolled in programs and like have activity in her life she's not gonna have time to be a kid you're not where she wants exactly yeah where's where's she gonna be able to be a kid because punky is wearing like drooping overalls and right and has big boots on the problem that i have is this is like if saved by the bell came back and was just saved by the bell again uh, okay do, do you base that on a familiarity with the original punky brewster yes so so i've never seen it it's basically the same show like it was a sitcom that was exactly like this okay that's funny because it to me feels very much like a 2000s sitcom reboot it does not feel like a sincere recapture of anything no apparently like i think the izzy role was punky brewster she was like she had attitude Well, i can see that so what i said what i said to jen was i was like so when does um punky brewster like 
was wasn't she like a rock star? <laughs> I realized I sent you that message being like, it's like Hannah Montana, but with uh, a girl in the 80s. No, I get it. And I knew what Punky Brewster was. Yeah. I don't know of her being a, a, a there's, star. There's literally nothing. I created this at some point in my mind because I never watched Punky Brewster. Well, maybe you're thinking of Saved by the Bell when they were the Zack Attack. No, no. Different things. I, are there any Zack Attack references in the new Saved by the Bell? By there the are. Good. Yeah, it's Friends great. forever. It's great. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyways, just super lame laugh track, uh, clapping. Oh what? my God. The the laugh track is a crime. Yeah. Nobody can speak without this horrible... And even the, the boxed laughter sounds unimpressed. And they're filming it in 2021. For for the most part, new shows are shoehorning in COVID references everywhere. I thought and this of that one too. just didn't do it. Which part of me is happy about. Okay. They're living in a world without COVID. Maybe they filmed it a long time ago. It's Pilots the, are like that sometimes. It's the lightest timeline. Yes, it is. You're right. They have strangers coming into the their bun- house. <laughs> the Punkyverse. No masks. Freddie Prince Jr. really caught me off guard. He aged, man. Well, I think he looks pretty good. Jen thought so too. Um not, not impressed but no he's like a four for me now <laughs> <laughs> but he's like kind of a slacker except she still sort exactly. of has feelings for him he's still doing like the faux hawk and he has his guitar case full of his dirty underwear does and he so, yeah that was in the episode oh, okay did you watch it i did but i was like i don't know i guess in and out at that part I, I anytime it. freddie prince came on the screen i walked into the kitchen you were so turned off oh like, you had to go take a cold shower <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so clearly they're going to hook them back up. There was a moment in the really ridiculously ostentatious treehouse. They they could have tried a little harder to make it look a little bit more like a treehouse. Right. But I think that was Um, that like original set. I get it. There's okay. Oh, there was clearly references that the crowd that isn't isn't real people. Like the crowd gets like when she says punky power. Yes. For example. I don't know what that means, but it was clearly a reference to something. Yeah. And when the friend comes to the door, you're like, okay, she's an old friend. Cause it's like, well, and they're constantly talking to this picture of the old man. <laughs> I, I was saying to Jen, the only thing that would make this better is if the picture just winked right before the theme song started. <laughs> so they do the, a similar thing in Cobra Kai in, in order to keep the person who was a part of the fiber of the original thing alive, even though they're dead in real life. And that was Pat Morita, who was Mr. Miyagi. Right. And so he is, they do it in a much more sophisticated way in Cobra Kai and that like the dojo is his house and everything is kind of named after him. Okay. And they're able to incorporate flashbacks with Pat Morita. Right. But this is just a picture of Henry or whatever his name was, yeah. who she talks to like a psycho. Yeah. At the beginning. Yeah. Of the show. Um, yeah, so I, I went down a bit of a deep dive on on some of the subject matter that the original Punky Brewster covered. Okay. And in the second season, although it wasn't uh, well-received, uh, it It took, was not a, a, a critically acclaimed TV series? It was not. It, just, it was not the wire of its time? It was just really big with kids okay. over two seasons. So it kind of like had that kind of culty somewhat like... I remember it being referenced on Full House for an episode, so that should give you Yeah, Boy Meets idea. World dropped a Punky Brewster reference there early on too. Um, oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, Morgan made a, yes, a Punky Brewster. Yes, she's like a little girl, and yeah. she's talking about Punky Brewster. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Um, anyways, so this uh, this second season covered topics, more serious topics, such as CPR, ah. the Ronald Reagan Just Say No campaign, <laughs> and illicit drug use, and the Challenger space shuttle misfire. Naturally. The Challenger, like, how are you covering that in Punky Brewster? I don't know. Mr. Rogers did it. Really? Well, yeah, but that's that's more to, like, help kids cope. This is like... <laughs> yes, this was not that. Like, this what if just... we write the Challenger and do it? <laughs> <laughs> you can't just write the Challenger. Like when Law & Order episodes would reflect real crime news, Punky yeah. Brewster was doing that. <laughs> Ripped from the headlines. Ripped from Punky <laughs> Brewster. <laughs> Well, and I wondered a little bit, and I thought of Girl Meets World, um, because similarly, I wonder, who is the audience for this show? Right. It is clearly a kid's sense of humor, mm-hmm. but like there's innuendo about her like sleeping with Freddie Prince Jr. And yeah. In fact, I think they say having sex at one point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. D- uh, talk about doing you know what? I was really turned around about who the audience was supposed to be. It didn't make it. And there's too many kids. There is the two boys are too similar. We could have boiled them into one person. Except one's one's clearly there. The whole thing in the first episode is well, you know, he might be a little more 
on the feminine side. Oh, right. Yeah. So, so I think in that way, the other one's kind of more of a jock, but they're still tight because it's like, hey, we're a family and that's totally fine, man. Well, and Freddie Prince Jr. is like, well, it might be a phase. And she's like, well, it might not be a phase. And he's like, well, then I'll get my Bowie CDs. Right. So I was like, at least make it vinyl. This is really weird that you're using Bowie as a comp and <laughs> <laughs> talking about CDs. It was so stupid. Yeah. And I can't say every week this is one of the worst shows I've ever seen, but it is really stupid. This one was bad. Beyond bad. It was pretty unforgivable. Yeah. I just, I don't know who's who it's for. I don't know if it's satisfying anybody. I honestly had no idea there was a Punky Brewster reboot happening. Real life Punky. Um, Soleil Moonfry. Soleil Moonfry. <laughs> Soleil Moonfry. Yeah. Uh, Sun Moon is her name, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's a... You're okay. Yeah. Uh, she... Um, has four kids, just divorced her husband of 22 years. Um, That's what the show is. Had Yeah, I know. Yeah. But she did it in 2020 yeah. or in, in December of 2020. So it's like, wow. this was, the show was done. Yeah, the show was prophetic. Maybe she's trying to like, like life Im- imitates art, I she's guess. She's pulling a Daniel Day-Lewis? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's being <laughs> super method <laughs> about Punky Brewster. Only call me Punky. That's what my friends call me. <laughs> I tell me what I have. Feel it on <laughs> punky power. That's right. She answers every phone call. Mom? Yeah. And I, I found it really funny that like early on, she's like, oh, I accidentally put on two different shoes. Oh, well, it still works. And that was clearly like a nod yes. to the original series. And then she's doing it throughout the rest of the show. I'm like, don't don't make this a thing. Oh yeah, they're still putting her in like children's clothes so that she kind of looks like Punky Brewster. Right. It's and ridiculous. Oddly enough, another fact that I read was she had... um uh a thing called like mastio giganticism, which is basically uh, a breast growth um, imbalance. You read this about Slay Moonfry? About Slay Moonfry. She yeah, had not, different. Not she had different boobs. Is that what you were telling me? She had uh, like an overgrowth. She she had too much growth in her boobs that she had to have her breast reduction before age sixteen. Welcome back to NPR. This is Sweets <laughs> and Slaney discussing <laughs> only human the, anatomy. <laughs> hey, I started with the Challenger thing. You did. Yep. This I'm, has been a very informative discussion. Mm-hmm. No her question. Wikipedia page is a real treasure trove. Do you get the impression that she edits her own Wikipedia page? <laughs> I don't understand why she would include some of the things that I read on there, but well, to rivet people like you. That's right. And you know what? If she's making decisions like rebooting Punky Brewster, then she's capable of anything. Give it your ass? I give it my ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Check it out. Yeah. You gotta see Yeah. It. Get the peacock just for this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I guess I'll recap the first episode of It's a Sin. Now, okay. now this is getting some pretty good reviews. It's just a five-part uh, miniseries, and I think it's on HBO. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of positioned... Uh, promotionally as like the new Neil Patrick Harris show. But that was, I mean, I I guess I just kind of fell for the bait because they put him in the pilot to get people to watch the show. Yeah. And he's not going to be around much longer. You had that intuition. I had that instinct. Yes. You're right. You'd mentioned that you weren't sure if he was even going to be in it past the first episode. Okay. There's a lot going on in this pilot, but I'll I'll do my best. Totally. Give me 30 seconds. All right. You're going to recap it in three, two, one. This starts uh, it, the the story of like three or four or five uh, young uh, boys, all of them gay and like living secretly. Actually, not that secretly. In fact, there's a there's an array of secrecy among their uh, sexual lifestyles and their growth in uh, their community in what like the 70s, the 80s, 81 at the start of uh, AIDS panic. And so, uh, namely, there's this one guy who's like. Uh, uh, apprenticing as a tailor who's just kind of coming to terms with his uh man i did horribly there but he he befriends neil patrick harris who's either like a a partner of the tailor or a yeah or a customer or something yeah um and he's kind of using him neil patrick harris as sort of uh, a north star for how his homosexuality could be actually like a pretty uh, achievable lifestyle for him one day because Neil Patrick Harris has like a long-term partner and they have like a nice house and they've got a pretty good thing going. Right. And then, of course, um, the concerns start to pop up in the newspaper about this uh, mystery illness that only gay men are getting. Mm -hmm. And uh, eventually he goes to see Neil Patrick Harris in the hospital and Neil 
says he has cancer, right? He he thinks it's like a kind yeah. of cancer on his on his heart. He's or like, something. And, and I thought like maybe it was the mold in the kitchen. Like why didn't I? And he's been completely quarantined in this huge hospital room, and yeah. nobody is allowed to come in to see him unless you're like wearing basically a hazmat suit, right? And uh, so he dies at the end of the episode. But in, in there as well, uh, this guy, his name is Colin. I almost forgot his name. His name is Colin. Um, he goes to uh, a bar and then they kind of ends up at this house party. Right. And it seems like this set of flats is going to be like the, the home base for the series where a bunch of different people from different walks of life live. There's this other young guy who comes from a family where it's clearly not going to be okay that, that he's gay. He's decided right. not to continue law school. He wants to be an actor instead. Also pretty clear in the first episode, he's, he's going to get AIDS. Oh Yeah. I, I'm I'm wondering if everyone is going to get AIDS in this show. Maybe because there's a whole lot of intermingling right. happening here. Um, those are the characters that are most heavily focused on in the in the first episode. Yeah, I think I think that's going to be a. I don't think you could focus on any more characters. Well, there's the other guy who who um, is kind of more fluid. Oh, sorry. Yes, you're right. There's there's like five altogether. Yeah. Um, then there's the gal pal. She's kind of in there as well. Yes. There's the 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 dude whose family is from Africa. Yes. And there's like a <clears throat> oh, yeah. super concern of like his uncle bringing him back and like them literally killing him. Right. Uh, so he just runs away. But he he does this like he comes down and drag and is like, I'm out. And right. just walks out by himself. Yeah. The show was originally supposed to be called Boys, but they had to change okay. the title because of The Boys. I think Boys right. is a better title for this show, frankly. I never understood why The Boys is called The Boys. Right. Although It's a Sin is a good, is a good title for this as well, mm -hmm. the double entendre. I wondered, Neil Patrick Harris is... <clears throat> Uh, magnetic in this in a way that he normally is. Mm -hmm. um, and the Lemony Snicket show was like pretty successful for him, but it was a limited thing. Right. And I think it kind of satisfied like a, 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 a childish whimsy in him and it's very costumey and like that's a funky thing. And I think it was pretty well received among fans of that franchise. And obviously he has nine year uh, network sitcom money. So he can do right. whatever he wants, even if that's nothing at all. Um, but I do wonder a little bit what's next for Neil Patrick Harris because he's in this a little bit and he's, his accent is bad in it, but like, he's still kind of like good in it anyway. Yeah. I don't really see him getting a lot more David Fincher work after Gone Girl. Mm, right. But like I, in general, and I say that it's a specific example, but what I generally mean is he's not a movie star. No, I think he, I think he's still doing what he wants though. Like, yes. You know, he had that Broadway play that he was doing for a while. Um, what was that? Edward and the Angry Inch or something. That was oh about yeah, Hedwig and the Hedwig and the, yeah. yeah. That was um, a while ago now. But like you could see that being adapted into a movie or something. Okay. Or, yeah. I don't know. He he's done like some game showy things. Has I he? think a little bit and yeah, uh, he had a variety show which was ill fated. Right. I don't know what's next for for Neil Patrick Harris. He's the only person I recognized in the show. Yeah, I the hook. I did a, a deep dive at after the show. You were very researchy this week on and 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 this was just something that really interested us while we were watching it was the Welsh accent. Is that what it is? It's That's, a Welsh accent. Yeah. I wondered. Well, and he says that to Neil. He says, "Okay, well, I'm from Wales," and Neil Patrick Harris was like, "Well, yes, the, I've established that much, right?" Um, because because the way he don't sound to do like yeah, Colin. Colin. Not yeah. Neil Patrick Harris. Not Neil Patrick Harris. Because he has a weird, uh, ambiguous accent. Well, he's got a little more of like a posh kinda, accent. Yeah, it kind of sounds like, like Fraser, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, it sounds like a, yeah, like a fake <laughs> accent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I, we we looked at the Wales accent, and then I started thinking about actors that were Welsh. And like Matthew Reese is Welsh. I think uh, Bale is, is Welsh. Christian Bale is Welsh, yeah. but he has no accent whatsoever except right. for like saying random things weirdly because Correct. his accent was ruined by transatlantic travel. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and just living in too many characters. Acting. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, he gained and lost so much weight that yeah. he has no idea how to speak anymore. Right. Um, but so I watched a video on how to, how to speak with a Welsh accent um, from like a voice actor. And oh, I yeah. guess the big thing is, uh, when they one big thing, it's like they'll they'll really stretch out and raise their um their their uh, vowels. So it'll be okay. like hi Joan, like look, yeah. Joan. like not quite liver Liverpudlian, okay. but they'll they'll do that. And then ra rather than saying like use and 
what, what were the examples? Did you watch the Wired.com interview guy who looks like, uh, what's his name from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? No. You know who I'm talking about? Mm. There's this guy who they got on, on the Wired YouTube channel. Okay. Who... They do all kinds of funny little videos from industry professionals explaining things in popular culture. Okay. And this one guy in particular made a video for them that it like completely took off. And now he has a new video on their channel like every couple of months. And oh. he's, he's, a, he's an acting vocal coach. Okay. And so his first video was uh, basically like he goes over a bunch of different performances oh, where yeah, actors know, are putting on voices. I know what you're talking and about. And he critiques them. And he looks yeah. a lot like what's his name from, uh, from It's Always Sunny. And I thought maybe you, because he has, he has videos no, where he talks it, about people doing and how they, how they affect these voices and what the anatomical words for the physicality of those uh, actions are. Yes. So this guy did a, a similar thing. Like he called it a, a yud. Like okay. when you take out the, so rather than saying use, you'd say like, I'm going to use that. Okay. Like, so it's like a weird, yeah. All just right. Kind of colloquial. That was an interesting rabbit hole for you to take. I know that was that was really because anytime he spoke, I laughed so hard. I was like, I love the way this guy talks. It's funny. His voice kind of reminded me of a, like a lot of uh, Ted Lasso people because some of them have really wacky accents in that show. I suppose, yeah, yeah. But I, maybe it's because he's got a bit of a speech impediment and he's so like innocent and yes. like there was something that was so funny to me about that. Interesting thing about that character. He is at first living in a different boarding house, and there's a guy living there who he's kind of crushing on. Yeah, whose name is Ross. And so uh, their names are Colin and Ross, who are right. me and my brother's names. Um, and th these two are, you know, not lovers right. <laughs> necessarily. But like, anyway, um, this is not the first time that this pairing of names has popped up in popular culture. And I only bring it up because uh, my brother and I don't have like, like A-list first names. We have names that you don't hear every single day, but you know, like one or two people with those names. Sure. Um, and in Friends. Yep. You know, Emily, Ross's uh, wife, Emily. Yeah. So there is a point where she's not sure if she's going to get back with her ex-boyfriend or get with Ross. And you never actually see her ex-boyfriend, but his name is Colin. Colin. And so Emily has to choose between Colin, Colin and, Ross, and Ross. And I've always remembered that. Wow. And she chose Ross. Yes, she did. She shouldn't have. <laughs> she shouldn't have. That was a huge mistake by That's her. That's right. She shouldn't have done Did you it. feel vindicated by that? Yeah. Yeah. I would have gone with Colin every time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I love Ross Geller, but I don't want to be married to him. Right. It's not fun. No. It looks at things. No. And, and you, it, the show tricks you into thinking Emily sucks, but really Ross sucks. Like that would have been a misstep for Emily. Definitely. So yes. Mm -hmm. Can I tell you the most horrifying thing in it's a sin for me? Okay. Um, AIDS. Oh yeah. It's the AIDS. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The next you, one. You that the you're the other say. one is, um, so <laughs> I forget the other guy's name, the guy with red hair. He's like the yeah. other main character of the show. Um, so he is kind of having one of his first intimate experiences. And the show is like pretty, pretty uh, visual. Yeah. Um, and he's with this kind of like exotic guy and they're, they're uh, getting to business. And the guy tells him you need a bit of a wash. Yeah. And I was horrified for him. Right. I was like, it, he, he really bounced back though. He, he did. Like, I thought the same thing. Like you thought he, he like leaves be the like room a... and he comes back and he was like, okay with like continuing. Totally. He starts as like a super shy, unsure of himself guy. But by the end of the episode, like he is really, he's really going for it. That's a good point. He develops like, and I think it's an ambiguous amount of time passing in this episode, yeah. but there's, uh, there's quite the character transition for him. Right. It was, it was well made. I thought, um, it was stylish. I thought the editing was pretty good. Uh, it seems like it's setting itself up to be a real drag. Yeah. Right. Um, it it kind of makes you like think, though, like, man, if AIDS didn't come in, th then, you know, there would be real, really no, uh, like, gay people could just be freely having sex all the time. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I guess, I guess there's all of the other well, I found STDs. It, I found, yes, up. that's right. I, I found the parallels to the COVID era really interesting because they've got like Neil quarantined in the hospital and everybody's mm. like wearing masks and gloves. Right. And everybody's scared. And they didn't of, like, know what was what. What's airborne? Like, what, can, can we touch each other? And I was saying that to Jen too because Jen had the question of like, so they like, the, you don't, I, I forget what she asked. It wasn't it wasn't so naive, but it, I was like, yeah, no, they just had no idea what it even was. Like they had no idea that AIDS 
how it worked. Yeah, the, well, they, 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 they weren't know using, it as AIDS. They weren't using that. They were calling it GRID, which is gay-related immunodeficiency. Oh, I yeah. did not know that. Right. Crazy. So, yeah, 81, scary time. Absolutely. Do you give it your S? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a good show. That's how I feel, too. Like, it was, a, it was like almost watching a, a documentary on time. Yeah. And the acting was really good. And the music is good. Like in general, the show totally. has a lot of style. It yeah. just, I'm, I'm, but it's just going to be the biggest downer in the world. I think like, so. like the show basically ends with them, like them all talking about their dreams. Yep. While Neil Patrick Harris is dying of AIDS. And, and they make you know a real that. point of showing, cause they all go to different job interviews basically. Yeah. And that guy goes to meet with a potential agent and they really like close in on him shaking hands with her. Yeah. And so that was my first indication that actually I think it was Becky who picked up on it. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's already got it. Oh, I see. Okay. Not that handshakes. I was wondering why transmit, but like why it focus yeah, because I'm like, if that's trying to show that like he's like transmitting something. Well, it's not, but people didn't know. Right. And going back to the beginning of the podcast, that was like a big moment of compassion publicly for Princess Diana when she like shook hands and hugged people with AIDS on camera. Right. Yeah, because even when um, when Magic Johnson got AIDS, that was a, a huge HIV thing. didn't have AIDS. Got AIDS. Sorry, got HIV. Thank you for correcting me so confidently. Had to do that last week too. We were talking about Chuck Sheen. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Is this a thing for me? <laughs> this is a black spot for you. This is a real, but like I I I know the difference. No, you do. Um, but I think people just kind of mix that up. Uh. When Magic got HIV, people really uh, thought you, that was when the NBA changed their policy on, you know, if you if you started bleeding, you had to be subbed out of the game. That's a good rule anyway. It is a good rule. And they they kept it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but yes, they there was there was a lot of there were people that didn't want to play with him. There were people wow. that did. Yeah, it was guys on his own team, too. Like it was really something. Yes, I can imagine that the NBA, as are many sports leagues, just like a sea of testosterone and and um, probably homophobia. Not right. that not that magic, but like anyway. I kind of feel like I've been all of, I've been a bit a bit of a, a verbal mess this podcast. No, no, you've been you've been killing it. I've applauded you multiple times. What do you I want wish it me? was more though. <laughs> no, I here I am air checking myself here on the podcast. Could have been a whole That's lot right. better. That's right, because you you're constantly wanting to be improving as an announcer. Right. We can all grow. Is that what I'm doing right now? I'm announcing. You're announcing. Ugh. Are you ever announcing though? No, you're always you're always talking to the public. That's the difference? Between announcing and talking to the public? Sometimes I'm announcing the next song. As an announcer, yeah, you're never really like like you're Sunday, never going on and going Sunday, Sunday. ladies and gentlemen i've got to tell you right now that the 101 is completely backed sometimes, up sometimes i feel like i am doing that like sometimes there's a real sense of falseness to the enthusiasm and then it really feels like that mm, well what if you just what if you were just yourself on air what if you just took the time to be your complete unedited purest self if I ever figure out who myself is, I'll let you know. <laughs> oh, still searching. Oh, that hurt me. Oof. Oof. I'm kind of not surprised that I ended up here emotionally at the end of this <laughs> podcast because this is kind of where I've been all day, kind of going back right. and forth. All right, I I've been you. turbulent, as I mentioned earlier. Remember when you diagnosed me as bipolar? <laughs> really, <laughs> I shouldn't really, have done that. It was really that. responsible of you, by the way. <laughs> um, I think you were on to something. Well, hey, we all have our demons. That's true. That much I know. And your demon is bipolar. <laughs> Speaking of demons, okay. uh, Will Smith. No. Uh, anything in Kaplan Corner? Right. Thank you. Uh, Kaplan Corner, yes. You I, do have notes? You plan something? I got the Kaplan Corner machine out. Okay. Um, Googling. I half expected to just for the next five years be like, what's up in Kaplan Corner? And you'd be like, no updates. Because if we did that every week, that would be that would satisfy me. I actually don't have updates, and I'm googling as we as we speak. <laughs> You're just gonna get party down stuff. But I can get yeah, I can I can do the live update every week. Uh, looks like nope, not a whole lot. She's uh, she's got a Wikipedia page. She's after Mean Girls. I didn't work again until I died. My that's from February 13th, 2020. No news. 
No, nothing, nothing in Kaplan Corner. Nothing on Kaplan Corner. On to Will Smith. So he uh, jokingly put a video on Instagram breaking down his rules for working with movie stars. Okay. And I don't want to be clear. He's cl- he's clearly joking okay. here. But but Great. these are his these are Will Smith's uh, top rules for working with a movie star. Number one, never take the camera off the movie star. Number two, never put the camera on anyone else either. <laughs> number three, when the star points, the camera may then turn in that direction. There is no number four. Number five, <laughs> never interrupt a movie star. Never ask questions before they're finished talking. Number six, never infringe on a star's private space. Don't get too close. Right. There is no number seven. Number eight, always be below when photographing a movie star. Do not stand above. Don't lord over. Be vertically lower than the movie star when photographing them. Uh, okay. Number nine, never go faster than the star. And <laughs> In no, anything. And number 14, <laughs> uh, the star may never, this is a rule for the star in particular, star may never act like a, a normal or relatable person. They must not connect with others. Gotcha. Nice. But is that is that the type of humor that we... That, is this a little too close to real? That we know? Yeah. There's 50% of truth in every joke. That's true. And if I and if I find this comedy funny, then I guess he's failing. He's not uh, being... He's being a relatable person who's connecting with his audience. And I can't allow that He's to manipulating us. Yeah. Oh, you're right. So I actually have to relate and connect with Will Smith in order to debunk his, his rules? I, for, I don't know how many negatives we've infused. The fact, in that we, the fact that we like him means... We shouldn't trust him. Oh yeah, I've never, I've never trusted anyone I like. <laughs> <laughs> we need just need to be aware anytime we're liking Will Smith. Sometimes we talk too long, and then I feel like we're trapped in the ether. We just <laughs> like we missed the the cue for Never Trust Will Smith like five minutes ago, and now I'm just like like kind of bouncing around in space. They're like not you, sure how to you, get back to Earth. <laughs> did you read that boing, book? Boing. Uh, never trust Will Smith. Never trust Will Smith. Ha <laughs> <laughs>